Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode 47 of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner. My name is Raven. And Purism has uh, announced the shipping schedule for the Librem 5, and some people are upset. We'll talk about it. Plus, your questions and a whole lot more today. All right, so the Librem 5 shipping dates were announced, and uh, I know that you've got uh, a couple of opinions on this, Raven. Uh, I'd love to hear them. I, I do. Uh, one, um, I'm just honest to God glad that it's finally coming. Like, yeah, we're finally here. Um, and they released like their full roadmap for like the next two years or so, something like that. Next year, like, yeah, quite a lot of uh, changes. Yeah, about a year um, and a half. Yeah, so Batch Aspen is um, individually milled cases. I don't know if they're going to be metal or plastic. I have no idea. Mm. You know, they, could, they could be plastic. I don't really care if they're metal or plastic, honestly. My thought on that is that I've heard of like wood being milled. I've heard of metal being milled. But for a mass production thing, I've never heard of uh, plastic being milled. Yeah, but, you know. It's total speculation on my part. (laughs) Yeah. You know, loose fit, varying alignment, unfinished switch caps. I don't like that at all. Um, I seriously doubt it's wood, though, unfortunately. Wood would be interesting for a phone. Wood would be Um, very interesting. That's a way to get LGR involved. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I think I'm going to go with the Birch Batch because it's going to be probably... One, a much tighter fit, which means much better waterproofing. Yeah. Um, because occasionally, like, I do enjoy taking my Galaxy into the shower and just turning on music. And I don't have to worry about the steam messing with it or anything because it's fairly, uh, you know, uh, waterproof. Actually, in fairness to Samsung, they're I think starting with, like, the S5 or S6. Their phones are pretty damn waterproof. Hmm. I've never even considered taking a phone into the shower with me yeah dude i just listen to music huh i don't i don't have anything else to listen to music with because i don't even own a radio anymore dang you know what was funny is uh this guy i used to play D D with he um he actually renovated his bathroom and uh the the shower the the light that he replaced uh in his bathroom actually had a Bluetooth speaker in it and he could control it with his voice. It was actually very, very interesting. See, when I get the, uh, house, I want to, uh, modify the bathroom, at least the master bathroom. So I can have like speakers and stuff in there. Yeah. Not Bluetooth. Cause that's just the accident waiting to happen. You know? Yeah. Bluetooth. I don't like, (laughs) <laughs> you know six i mean like you get bluetooth like a bluetooth speaker in your ceiling and three or four years later it's going to be outdated and it's like not just that not just that you know one day you know you might have kids and you know they might accidentally stream porn or some shit from their phone throughout the whole house <laughs> and you just like just walk over you just pick up their phone and you just turn it off and then you just chuck it out the window and it's like yeah. that's what you get that's what you get. Ay, ay, ay. But it's so easy for, you know, especially like if you have an iPhone, man. And it's a little off topic, but if you have like an iPhone, those things are really like, 
Oh, there's a new Bluetooth device that you've connected to. Let me connect to it now. But no, I don't. And then too late, it's done it. Yeah, that's how my car is. Like, I have a the Google Pixel XL. And uh, I have the... Uh, I have, like, a aftermarket uh, Android head unit in my car. And uh, the thing about that is that it's, like, uh, freaking... When I go to connect... Uh, when I go to get in my car... I'll be I'll have my Bluetooth headphones connected, you know, like plugged in, you know, or you know what I'm yeah. saying, like in my ear, and I'll go into my car and my car will just override the headphones. And it's like yep. it's like that's distracted driving waiting to happen right there. No. Yeah, it just just takes over immediately. Um but as far as the purism thing, I think I'm going to wait. I know I know I'll probably be like cuz I reserved it like way late. Oh, you did. Um, so I'm I'm probably way closer in the batch. So I'm probably like the shipping window for me is probably like November 26th, even possibly December 3rd. I wouldn't think so. Um, but it's hard to say. Like I really don't know. So, um, so for people who haven't heard about this, uh, the Librem Five, the way it's working is they're actually they're shipping in batches and basically production runs. And um, the first production run is called Batch Aspen. And that's going to sh- start shipping on September 24th, and it's going to go through October 22nd. And essentially, uh, what it boils down to is that uh, each of these production runs are going to have an iterative, um, wh- what would you call it, an iterative uh, release. So you're going to have, like, the, in the first version, the, the, the switch caps are not going to be the final version. Actually, in most of the versions, you're not going to have, like, the final uh, mass-produced production like mold injected cases instead you're going to have individually milled cases and uh then and they're also tying in their software uh like milestones with the actual uh hardware batches so um i think that this is a really cool idea i wasn't expecting them to roll things out like this i was expecting you know, quarter their quarter three target for uh, shipping the phone to be mass-produced final version. But you know, it takes them. Uh, it, it takes a long time to actually develop hardware and software. And uh, from talking with uh, Brian over at uh, Purism and Todd, the CEO, I am quite confident that uh, they're going to deliver and that they're making the right decision for the product that they're trying to realize. So. Um, but yeah, like batch Aspen is um, the 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 first version is shipping in uh, September twenty seventh or twenty fourth. I'm sorry, and then you have batch Birch, which is going to have uh, a, a more um, a tighter fit and improved alignment for the case, and then you're going to have uh, batch Birch, which has finished switch caps and so on until you get to evergreen which is going to launch in quarter two of 2020 and that's the final mold injected case um they're also announcing they have plans for the next iteration of the hardware uh which is a 14 nanometer next generation cpu and a new version of the case design um that which is launching in quarter four of 2020 so i think that this is an interesting way of doing it, um, the, the fact that they're being open and transparent about the design, like the, the production run model that they're going with, uh, you know, is in spirit with the open source community and 
um, you know, I made a video about this where I, you know, talked about, I actually got information from Brian and from Todd and, you know, I, I'm very proud of that video. So you can check that out. Um, but Raven, what do you think about like, why do you think that they went with the production run model versus the f full launch? Probably cause it's been delayed so much. Yeah. You know, they, they need to get it out there. I mean, ideally, they probably would want everyone on Batch Evergreen. That seems to be the, the final version of the Gen 1 phone. And it kind of sucks that the Gen 2 phone is essentially going to come out the same year. So it's almost like, can I just wait till the Gen 2 phone comes out? Because it's only another year. Mm. Like, you know, and it's tempting. Like, even for me, it's tempting to just wait till Batch Fur. Like, yeah. Because, I mean,. You know, as much as I want a purism phone, it's like there's nothing technically wrong with my phone other than it's a piece of junk and it spies on me. But um, <laughs> it's it's like, you know, like, yeah. So but at the same time, uh, I think batch fur is probably closer to what they truly wanted the Libram 5 to be. But they couldn't get the hardware and it's all finally said and done and they need to get done with it already. And, you know, moving on. Yeah. Which makes sense. And so I think Batch Fur is really the uh, the true, and it's just speculation, of course. But I think I think I definitely think Batch Evergreen is probably much closer. But I think Batch Fur is what they truly wanted. You know, it includes a slightly more upgraded uh, sock, which means probably a slightly newer GPU. It might still have the G seven thousand, but it's probably not the light version, which is what in the normal one. And you know, a newer CPU. Um, I'm really hoping, though, that, like, Batch Fur will stay the same for, like, at least three or four years, and they won't have a new one because of market fragmentation. Like, if there's a new one every year, that's just going to piss me off. I was like, I'll just go back to Samsung, you know, because that's my, like, privacy and stuff is, like, really nice. But market fragmentation is one of the worst parts about Android, and anyone who's ever done uh, development in the Android ecosystem knows that it is a nightmare and um, what do you mean by fragmentation exactly well hardware fragmentation so like yeah everything runs the same operating system but not all phones function the same now the case of purism i would say hardware fragmentation would probably be closer to ios in that you know the hardware is controlled by a singular company yeah and therefore has some similarities and they have some control but like i'm sure you've used a wide variety of android phones and have gotten like vastly different quality from every single one of them like oh yeah none of them are made the same unless it's like a samsung s line because even like samsung phones or lg phones of different caliber like you know different lines all function differently like they'll have different touch sensitivity on the screens they'll have different hardware which means gaming applications will work completely differently on them they have different screen resolutions which you have to account for like it's it's a lot of it's a pain in the ass is what it is for developers. So um, it's not that it's not doable because it is absolutely doable. Like there's nothing wrong with doing it at all, but it's just, I would like, I would like them to roll. Cause there's nothing really wrong with the phones, right? right? Like you can replace the broadband. Like you can, you can upgrade it to 5g, I believe through like a hardware switch, which I believe they have done. I can't remember. It might not be able to upgrade to 5g, but well, the, that's fine because the, the baseband, anyway. the modem itself is on an M.2 card. And so you can, you know, if you can find a compatible M.2 card with a 5G modem on it, then you can swap that out. 
Right. So they can even offer that. So like, there's really no reason for them to swap out hardware because it's not like they're trying to make a gaming phone, right? Right. There's no need to be at the top of you know the next gen list like you know Asus phones or Samsung or you know anything like that. Right. So you know I'm hoping that batch fur at least has two or three years where there's no new phone. You know, I just want software improvements and I just want, you know, that that's pretty much it. I just want software improvements because building the ecosystem, if there's a new phone every couple months or every year is going to be impossible because no one's going to want to build apps. If there's new phones all the time, you know, new hardware for the phones, because that's mm-hmm. a big thing. Like, even if they stick with the same, you know, sock, you know, I forget IMX or I dot. MXM, whichever it is, I forget which one it is. Yeah, I got um, MXM eight is what they're using right now. Right, even if they stick with that family, you know, things still change. You know, newer versions of ARM chips, you know, have a lot of changes. Even yeah. if it's a subtle changes, it still has a lot of changes, which means you have to account for it on the OS level. And you know, it's like, yeah, it's better probably for developers to an extent, but then you create like market fragmentation, particularly games and. You know, I know I keep bringing back games and it's like, well, you know, it's Librem 5 and it's more for security than games, but games will be a contributing factor to people switching to it. Yeah. Like, and, and they're the they're the most uh, computationally expensive thing that will be on there. So, you know, I, I would just like to see some level of, like, let's just wait a few years. Like, I totally get it, like, for, like, Batch Fur, you know, because, you know, Batch Evergreen has been in development for a while. So it's kind of like batch furs, like the next generation and it'll, but I just want to see like that version stay for a while. Like, honestly, I'm fine if they don't even release batch fur until like 2023, because you know, that'll be a three year gap between the Librem five and the next version of the Librem five, which might be the Librem six. I don't know. I don't know Mm. if they'll do that name change or just keep it the same name with like different hardware. I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm sure pretty sure Librem 5 is going to be the name of the platform. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's just my take on it. You know, like, market fragmentation is the worst idea ever. Um, it's it's why Apple actually does wait, like, two years or so before they drop their next phone, especially these days. Mm. Well, I mean, um, you know, I think that there's a better comparison here between purism and apple rather than purism and android as a platform like the librem 5 is going to be more like the iphone than it is going to be like the uh you know the yeah. android platform i mean theoretically anyone could grab the operating system and dump it on any system they want along yeah. with the pure os store um but i don't see it taking off in the same vein as say android did right um i mean i could see i could see like you know if the if the specs are high enough for the um for the pine phone or for what's the other one that people are talking about still? I can't remember I the know. other one. I just know the pine phone. There's another one that like I can't remember the name of it, but um, I could see you being able to drop Pure OS on the Pine phone and being able to use it like that. Um, yeah, which is cool. It'd be interesting to see if people put it on like the Raspberry Pi or something because that would be weird. And that interesting. would be weird. I wonder if someone would make like a, a hat for the for the Lib- uh, for the uh, Pi that gives you a modem access nice they probably would that'd be cool you know before the before like maybe two months before the the Librem 5 project like uh uh, not kickstarter but crowdfunding campaign went live i was thinking about how i could build like a raspberry pi 
uh, Raspberry Pi based phone. I think Lunduk was as well. Like he was looking for a new kind of phone. That's right. He was I because that. I was talking to him about this and we were like coming up with like a scheme on how we could do it. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, yeah. But I'm glad that this is coming out because I didn't, I don't have the technical skills to actually be able to achieve that. I mean, that. could you imagine like a thermal throttled Pi running at like one or two watts? You know, just a simple yeah. heat sink inside of a fat phone case because it would be a really <laughs> fat phone case. That would be hilarious. Um, I would just desolder oh. like all the all the stuff, so you'd just have a flat board. I wouldn't even ha- have the um, uh, w- what would you call it? Um, the GPIO pins, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and someone commented the other day, left from last week's podcast about the phone, that I hope the phone's like five centimeters thick. And they're like, I hope he's joking about that. I'm actually not joking about that. Mm. I would actually like a thick phone. Yeah. Uh, if too. only for a bigger battery or two sets of bigger batteries inside of it, plus more thermal displacement. Because I, I believe my Samsung's about a centimeter or two thick. So five centimeters would actually be really thick, in fairness. And I'm aware of that. Mm. I know how big five centimeters is. However, this phone gets hot as shit. Like, it yeah. burns my fingertips if I try to use it when it's charging. Oh yikes. And if I'm doing something with it and it's charging, holy crap. Like, what version of it is the phone? Mine, uh, I believe it's an S9. Yeah, it's an S9. Hmm. Dang. <laughs> it gets hot, man. Yeah. But I mean, it charges in like 30 minutes from like practically dead. So, I mean, it's sucking in a lot of juice really rapidly. Right. But it gets hot. Yeah, You know, it's all thin and light, and I'm just like, you know what? Give me a nice fat phone that doesn't burn my damn fingertip. Right. The um, Do they have the, the actual dimensions of the product? The Librem? Yeah. yeah, it's on the product store page. Yeah. I believe it was, anyway. Wah, wah, wah. Um... Oh, good. I'm getting emails. No, Sorry about that. I don't Muted. see. What are you doing? There we go. Um, no, they don't. It's not on there. Oh, well, whatever. No. Interesting. But I, th- I suspect it's going to be under an inch thick. But it'll be, I mean, it won't, it won't be as thin as, like, you know, my... Uh, you know, my current Android phone. Like, it's going to be thicker than that because the, it's a modular thing. And so you have a board with an IMX, uh, not an IMX, a, uh, an M.2 slot, and you're going to have to accommodate. I think there's actually two M.2 slots on this board. So you're going to have to accommodate that plus a thick battery. I think it's a 3,000 milliamp hour battery, which is pretty large. And, um, you're also going to be accommodating uh, the screen and whatever other components need to go in there. So I think that this is going to be um, a thick phone comparative to modern day smartphones. But honestly, I don't think it's that. I don't think that that's bad at all because Mm-mm. I think that phones currently they we're, we're fetishizing how thin we can get our phones when it sacrifices battery life it sacrifices um uh thermal uh you know what what's the word that you use thermal dissipation and uh i I said displacement but yes yeah 
and and it it also just it, it like one of the reasons that the one of the galaxies was like catching on fire was because it was so thin that like there was too much flex in the in the phone and you could actually end up flexing it so much that the battery would puncture it's like why do why are we doing that like i want a robust phone oh we also sacrifice fragility um you know our phones are getting thinner and thinner and the reason that iphones break constantly like the screen breaks is because they're using like the latest version of gorilla glass so that they can get a thinner phone but they're pushing these uh, materials to their absolute breaking point literally and so the thicker the oh, phone yeah, they're is really thin aluminum on the iphones really thin aluminum yeah and so the thicker Almost these things are to steel right well yeah so basically the thicker the the phone is i think the more robust they're actually going to be able to make it the 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 you know easier it is for the uh, phone to actually withstand damage and i i am plus a lot of plastic there's actually a lot mm. of plastic in a lot of modern phones like even the iphone has a lot of plastic in it yeah definitely it has like a it has like a metal frame with like a, a metal covering and then a lot of plastic on the inside mm. and that you know plastic works with those high temperature heats the metals might not but you know huh. I mean, you can actually remember. I think it was like the iPhone Seven, maybe it's the Six. I don't remember which one it was. Remember, people like got it and then like a day or two later, it had bent in their pocket. Remember that? Oh yeah. And Apple had to fix all that and replace it. What did they? What was that called? They called it like FlexGate or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> stupid though. But it's like it's like yeah, it bends because it's really thin, and that means the metal is really thin. I mean, especially because it's aluminum. You know, yeah, you can make really strong aluminum, but they're not using that type of aluminum. You know, it's kind of like a Coke can, so to speak. Like, it's really thin, and yeah, it's pretty strong for what it is, I suppose. Yeah. But it's so thin. Like, we're talking, like, millimeters of thickness here. Right. So it's like, it. yeah, it, it, it doesn't break, but it bends. It warps. They've since made it slightly... And yeah, it just—I don't think it's gone well for him. Yeah. What is this? Did you did you see those photos? Oh yeah, I did. I think it looks pretty cool, yeah. and I like it. It's 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 actually thick. I I definitely enjoy the thickness of it. Yeah. The, so you see, there's two M.2 slots there. I do. So which which of these slots like what what is the second one for? Is it storage? Could be for storage. That'd be pretty sweet cuz that's a hell of a lot better than an SD card. Yeah. I well, mean, I mean, I think that there but... is an SD card expansion too, isn't there? Yes. So like being able to have uh an M.2 uh module for storage that you can expand yourself and having an SD card expansion available I, that is just dude this is the pc of freaking phones man <laughs> yeah hopefully uh. they'll get to a point where they can be like samsung's decks though because that was act that's actually really impressive if you've seen the uh demos of that well it has video recently. out oh i know i know i know but i mean like samsung decks is actually really uh stable and robust i don't know how well pure os actually works 
because again yeah. you know never used it and you need you need some kind of storage too because it only has 32 gigabyte emcc or emmc yeah emmc internal storage um whereas you know i mean hell you can get newer samsung's with one terabyte of emmc on it like it's freaking nuts yeah i mean it'll cost you like sixteen hundred dollars but i mean <laughs> well the if yeah. if if one of these m.2 modules is actually what they're using for storage then it's expandable and so it comes with the 32 and you can update it you know later on yeah to whatever yeah, you want be, absolutely that would be really nice even if i like i said i don't really know how it works but i will find out once we get the phone they i also like the fact that their battery is 3500 mah um yeah, and the reason for that is because like you'd be amazed at like how many like flagship phones on Android have like two thousand or sixteen hundred uh, mAh batteries. Like it's weird. Like six hundred dollars, and that's all the battery you give me, and it's because that's the only battery they could get that would fit. Yeah, and I'm looking and, you know, up like, the Note Nine specifications for the battery right now. The Note Nine has like a four thousand. But yeah, but that's like that's the fact that this phone has a comparable battery. It's like close. It's closer to the yes, Note 9. and the hardware is way different. If they get power management under control, as well as like you know keeping the CPU from you know running at one hundred percent all the time and the GPU, um, the Librem should have a really good battery life. Yeah, I'm I anyway. I anticipate not being able to not having to charge this for like three or four days at a time. That's my hope when when they get power management finalized. Because yeah. didn't they just get, um, like, power management merged into the kernel? Uh, yes. Yes, they did. It, they sure did, uh, which is really nice and handy. This Dude, I'm so freaking excited for this thing. And there are, some, there are some people who are just like, dude, why are you excited about this? Like, I've had people ask me, like... Why are you so excited about this? This is this is this is a phone that you know Ubuntu tried to make like years ago. This is a phone that like blah de blah de blah. It's like oh they're not they they only are doing calls and SMS right now and they don't even have a graphical PureOS store. And it's like, don't you understand? It's like this is all free software. The fact that you can place calls with entirely free software. The fact that you can uh, send SMS entirely with free software. The fact that I can fully remove the baseband from my phone. I can replace the M.2 cards with whatever I want. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? This is this is like so much better than anything that's being offered by any other phone vendor. Yep. Like, that's why I'm excited about this. It's because this is a phone for me. This will be my phone that I completely and entirely own. And the yep. software updates are going to continue to roll out. The fact that, like, people are mad that, oh, quarter two, of, uh, quarter four of uh, 2020, they're going to have the new version. And it's like, that shows that they have a commitment to this platform and that they're going to continue to develop the software and build this ecosystem. Like, that's why I'm so stoked about this. Yeah, I just hope there's not any after uh, that, though, for a while. Like I said earlier, you yeah. know, I, I I think it's great that, you know, they'll be continuing, you know, the product line. But at the same time, hardware fragmentation is a real thing and should be avoided if possible. 
Yeah, I mean... And that's what's happened to some of these phones in the past when people have tried to make them, you know? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, and then a year later we'll have this, and then we'll have this, and then people lose interest because it's like hardware fragmentation is a real problem. It's like being on the latest and greatest is great, but purism is never going to be on the latest and greatest, so it should just be what it is and not worry about having to switch. Plus, it's really nice, you know, when you go three or four years and they roll out a new one, and that big power gap difference is, like, really noticeable, and you, like, really feel it. Yeah, the the pro- the problem with that that I have though is that like you're gonna end up with um, there that would I feel like that would be more of a fragmentation issue if it's like version two it has you know three year old hardware and version three has the latest and greatest and so and if you want to support all these different versions you're gonna have to like design your app in a way that can be run on well really sure simple. but technically the hardware they're already using is from like 2015 2016 something like that so like it's it's not it won't be like that drastic but like it won't be like 2019 hardware versus like say 2022 hardware but what i'm saying is like if you have like the 2015 hardware that you're talking about and then you have 2022 hardware or even 2015 versus 2019 hardware you know what I'm saying? Like, the jump in in, in capability. Oh, yeah, it can definitely be a problem. But the problem becomes when you have, like, five or six different configurations. That's annoying. Like, that's really annoying. But I feel like that would also encourage really developers annoying. to uh, build their app in a way that... Oh, yeah, it's not, to... it's not that big of a deal. Uh, it's just, it's a big deal for games. Yeah. Um, you know... And all, and if there's a large enough gap, then one, the phone gets really cheap, you know, because it's been out for so long. The hardware gets cheaper. Their production gets cheaper. Um, so, you know, you could see the Purism or the Librem 5 at like two, $300, if not cheaper. Mm. So people aren't as miffed when they're like, oh, they buy it. And then next year it's like, oh, there's a new one. And it's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, you know, this is not any different than buying an Apple or an Android at this point. And that should be the real thing. Now, I know they're actually going to support it, so it's not like it's going to become obsolete or anything, which is nice. And a drastic difference from, say, I don't know, Android Freaking and iPhone. Samsung. You know, you know <sighs> yeah. iPhones are actually well, far more supported for much longer than Android phones are. It depends. Samsung does actually support their phones for quite a long time. Um, but it varies wildly between companies. Well, like, like the Google Pixel wildly. is supported for three years. Yeah, that's really well, pa- that's really bad. They're still it is iPhones bad. are still being supported up back to like version six, aren't they? Yeah, if you want to call that supported, you know, as soon as Apple makes its new version, they immediately gimp the old version, though. Oh, I know. They but immediately the fact gimp that it. So still... supported is a loose term. Well, in the Apple ecosystem support me like support meaning. Uh, comparatively, comparatively, I think that... I mean, as soon as the new version comes out, all it gets is maintenance support, which means it rarely gets updates, unless but you, also you roll have, up to the... Li- you can also download the latest apps from the App Store, even yeah. if you're on version... Yeah, until they, until they artificially kill it, or the update destroys your battery life, because Apple's like, well, you know, it's just not designed uh, for that hardware. Yeah. Okay, but it's depleting my battery like five times faster. What the hell? Like that is clearly artificially on purpose. That is yeah. clearly an artificial change. Well, I'm not defending I, like that kind of oh, stuff. But God, I'm I hate saying, Apple like, for that. 
yeah, they might support it, but my point was more like, you know, whatever. On the other hand, on the Android side, like, after your phone's been out that long, it's usually pretty easy to find, like, a third-party uh, version of Android you can just install and keep your phone rolling till your battery dies. Because that's iPhone? the big crux. You can do no, that? No, on Android phones. Oh. On Android oh, phones. Uh. Oh, iPhones? Oh, God, good luck. Uh, I'm sure if you can unlock the bootloader, in theory, it would be possible. But because it's like a custom ARM chip, getting the firmware in that black box, good luck. If you can somehow pull that off, fantastic. Yeah. GG. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, you know, with Android, at least there are options. But the problem with Androids is they don't offer replaceable batteries anymore. Right. Samsung was one of the last ones to offer replaceable batteries, and they're killing that in the future. Yeah, and they only really offered that in South Korea. So, the yeah. uh, just for fun facts here, the Google Pixel Three has a twenty nine hundred milliamp hour battery. Uh, what, what else? What are the other like big big Android phones? I don't really follow them that much. Well, you got the Samsung S line. You have the Note line. Honestly, Samsung's kind of the king of the uh, Android space. Honestly, like they sell like fifty million copies of their phone like every time. So it's kind of kind of hard to like top them like they're clearly number one i know like htc and some of those crappy chinese phones have gotten popular but eh. why do they have so many different versions the samsung galaxy a50 m30 s yeah they make the the samsung makes more than just the s line that's why i said they're like the king because they have so many different lines like their s line will sell like 50 million and lord knows how many their other lines sell that's why there's such a huge chunk of the market. Would not surprise me if they're like 15% of all Android phones. Like, yeah. it's absolutely insane. And that's a lot of phones. That's over, yeah. like, 100 million phones. Like, Jesus Christ, Android. Uh, Samsung. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're... I've, I have, like... I had a Galaxy... Like, the original Galaxy S phone, and I didn't like it. And I had the Galaxy S2. Well, early Android phones like were, were bad. Like... It's not even, like, Samsung's fault. Like, I have an S3. It was my first uh, personal smartphone. Because, yeah. you know, I've been making Android apps for a long time, so I actually have quite a collection. Oh, nice. Um, and it was the first one I used. Yeah, I had a, I had a flip phone until, like, 2013, man. That's um, cool. <laughs> yeah. I just had a flip phone, you know, which everyone thought was funny because considering what I did for a living, yeah. or do, rather, they're like, why do you still have a flip phone? I'm like, because I don't like these things. So I never really got to experience what they were like, like making phone calls and stuff. Yeah. And then I got an S3, and I was like, oh, God, it was so bad. Like, the S3 was terrible, but it was better than everything else at the time. Yeah. Well, and, see, and the S3 wasn't even new when I got it in 2013. It was like a year or two old at that point. Right. Like, I've never then, had, like, a brand new um, Android phone. Well, I have because I learned my damn lesson with that S3. So I just started buying unlocked versions of the phone and just using that. See, I've never again, had enough money to do that. So, <laughs> the, yeah. the Librem Five is going to be the first phone that I paid full price for that is, you know, new when I get it. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. Because, <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, like the 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 like I learned my lesson. Like, you stay at the flagship, or or you go super cheap. You don't go in the middle. Yeah. Because if you go cheap enough, then you don't care if it has a few quirks here and there. And if you go expensive enough, it doesn't have the quirks. So, in the middle is the worst spot to be, in my opinion. 
Now, yeah. in fairness, though, it has gotten a lot better. It's not like the early days of like 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, all that. Like right. Android has become quite a robust platform. So pretty much any phone you get now pretty much works for the most part. And that has to do with like hardware getting cheaper, you know, because the smartphones are so extensive, you know, they're everywhere now, obviously. And, you know, so it ha- and, the, and the operating system has gotten a lot better over the years, despite hatred for Android, it actually has gotten a lot better. Now, interface-wise, I'm not going to say if it's gotten better, but performance-wise, it's gotten better. So, you know, there's, the, I mean, there's that whole thing of software quality just improving, sort of. Aesthetics-wise, I think... It looks like shit. It, I yes, think it looks better than it ever has. Uh, it's gross. Don't I prefer, I prefer yes, of course Android you, of course to iOS. Yes, the manual likes Iwata thinks that the new Android Pie looks great or whatever it is. I don't know if or I've 10, used Pie. whatever. Yeah. 10, 10 Android, All I'm 10. saying, yes, I like I like the material design better than I like iPhone's design. I don't think Apple's really changed its iOS design. It looks basically the same as it always has, yeah. except for some subtle differences. But I like, Which, admittedly, you could argue is a good thing, because people really understand and know it. But on the other hand, it looks like shit. Yeah. Whatever, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the iOS is very rigid, so whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's a simple design and it works. So, I mean, whatever. You know? Android's always changing shit, which is really annoying about Android. That's why I haven't yeah. updated my phone. My phone wants to update to whatever the latest version it can do, which is probably the latest version of Android, which is probably not 10, but it's probably, like, I don't know, Pi or whatever. I don't know. Hell, it might, I might already be on Pi. It's probably just a newer version. But I refuse because every time I do it, the interface changes slightly, and I hate it. I hate that. Yeah. I hate it so much. But I should update because bug fixes and security fixes. But I'm tired of my damn phone changing. Like, even Lineage and, you know, all those other ones. Like, when they update to the latest version of Android, you're going to get the new changes. So, yeah. Um, you know. You know what I just noticed? Uh, No, I don't. What did you just notice? So, I'm on uh, shop.purism, uh, P-U-R-I.S-M, on the Librem 5 page. And if you scroll down to just under where it says add to cart, it now says skew L5V1. Nice. So they finally made a skew for it. Well, that's good. That's pretty interesting because you would assume Librem 5 version 1. Yeah. That's Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. I wish they had a dock. And on to that, would you like to move on to the viewer questions? Because I think we've kind of... yeah collapsed all we can do with the Librem 5. I mean, it has kind of been like 40 minutes of this, so... Holy moly, it has been 40 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah. So we're going to move on to listener questions now. Um, There was a bunch of news, but, you know, with, like, all the crap that's been going on in both of our lives, I just... We didn't have time to do show notes, and... So we're going to move on to listener questions. Hooray! We might skip some of these because some of these are kind of duplicates or uh, we'll answer them really quick. Those are actually a fair bit. So Yeah, I'm probably going to edit some of these out if we answer them and it's just we don't have much of a, an answer, you know. Um, fair enough. So let's do, let's do the uh, Android user here. Do you think if Purism makes a dock for the Librem 5 convergence thing, would, uh, would it be possible for them to add extra RAM storage and a better GPU? Etc. So it could run graphic-intensive games and do much more. 
um, PC tasks? Oh, I don't know if they could add extra hardware support. I know they could add like storage and battery, but I'm not sure if they could. I guess you could technically run uh, another GPU and CPU and add RAM because, you know, USB-C is very similar to Thunderbolt. So I don't know about adding RAM. I mean, yeah, it should be doable. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, think that I don't, the RAM is soldered like it's like built in. Yeah, but the, you could you could still you could still access additional RAM. It's just it would be going through the USB line and would have all the issues that would be with that. You know, it's no deal different than accessing an external GPU because that would also have RAM. But yeah, I don't know if it would like be the best idea. It would certainly help to have additional RAM, even if it was slightly slower, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. The biggest I, thing with the dock would be, like, battery charger with, like, a bunch of USB ports. Like, that would probably be the, fir- the first thing. Like, is it doable? Yes. Would it be practical? Mm, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, if, if I don't know if this USB Type-C is going to be Thunderbolt compatible. That's a thing. Because well, I mean, what I'm saying is USB-C is very similar to Thunderbolt, so yes, it can do it, or at least it should be able to do it. Right, um, but that, I mean, that would be if USB Type-C was, if it had, like, version 4 of USB, right? Because well, uh, even, even the older versions, even, even, even older versions are very similar to Thunderbolt. Even older versions of USB-C are quite similar. Uh, really? They should be able to support. The, 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 the issue is is having enough bandwidth to actually you know pipe all that information back and forth, um, hmm. which is why I said more than likely it would just be a battery slash storage with a bunch of ports. Interesting, because um, that would make more sense, you know, because like you hook you plug your phone into it and then you know you can charge your phone, you can hook it up to the you know a power outlet, you have a bunch of USB ports to hook up keyboards and stuff like that. Maybe you also have, you know, like onboard storage, like you can access like a SATA drive, like a, you know, maybe, you know, you just like pop it in, you know? Yeah. You know, for like an external storage, you know? Because like, honestly, if you're docking it, then you're probably going to be in desktop mode. So having like an extra hard drive would be totally fine, you know, stuff like that. But as far as like extra RAM and all that other stuff, you know, that, that might prove to be not necessarily problematic, but... There might just not be enough bandwidth there, and yeah, I mean, I guess, like I said, it just depends on what you choose to do. I'm, I'm, I'm not like from a design standpoint, it should be completely doable, but again, whether it's practical or not, that's a totally different story. Yeah, I think that um, you know, then I think that convergence is going to be a thing with the Librem Five. At least that's my oh, hope. Yeah. Uh, they, they have. If you look at their website, they actually have monitor kits that you can order. It comes with a Librem 5, and uh, you can get a 30-inch or a 24-inch monitor uh, and a keyboard and mouse. The keyboard and mouse look like they're wireless, so probably Bluetooth, and then the the monitor has a a USB... It comes with a USB Type-C cable that you can plug in. Um, If you have a USB Type-C to HDMI adapter, you're probably going to be able to do this. Yeah, um, I would say... I would say... A dock would be probably one of the first things as an accessory they should probably focus on. Yeah. Because a dock would be really nice. I've been thinking about... Like a proper dock. Right. Well, I've been thinking about, like... Because I have a USB Type-C uh, adapter that has uh, USB Type-A 
ports on it as well as uh, another type c port for charging and uh, a uh, hdmi port on it so i was thinking about how i could use that to like 3d print myself a a dock for the Librem 5 um integrate that uh usb hub into the dock i think that that would be pretty cool I agree. <laughs> I was just mulling that over for a second there. <laughs> um, the next question we have is from Michael Valentino. Uh, Michael asks, how do you foresee Linux gaming evolving on ARM-based systems? It may seem obvious, but maybe it's not. Uh, until someone makes like a desktop class quality chip, which right now the only person making that is NVIDIA, and they have no real interest in the local market, you know, of like desktops. They're interested in like cars and stuff and AI. Uh, until that happens, I don't see it happening. Because like the Raspberry is just too slow. I mean, I know yeah. it's fast if you compare it to like systems of the ye olden days, <laughs> but it's 2019 and people don't want to make Quake. Right. People might want to play Quake, but they want to make Quake. It's different. Mm-hmm. So, um, arm. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that when you say Linux gaming, you're talking about desktop Linux gaming, and I really don't see that happening ever. Um, I th- I think Risk Five gaming is going to happen before ARM gaming for desktops. Yeah, if they if they ever get a GPU, it totally could happen. Um, for Risk Five. Yeah. Well, you like, can get Risk Five. I mean, you can get like a Risk Five chipset with. Oh well, yeah, I know that. I know you can like hook up like PC any almost any PCI Express uh, graphics card as well. They have they have boards with PCI Express slots. But I mean that you're right. That's probably more likely. Maybe um, the the issue is the the amount of horsepower and people are just not making stuff like that. Like the closest you really have is like some of the Pine stuff, and of course you have Nvidia. Which you can get. I mean, you can get the non-OEM boards sometimes, and they are cheaper, but they're still like $500, and not a lot of people have that. Um, not necessarily the money, but like they just don't have any interest in buying the board. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the biggest one you have is the Raspberry, but the Raspberry is so slow. Even the new one, you know, even overclocked with heat sinks and stuff to keep it cool. I mean, it's a lot faster than the 3, by sure, for sure, but, you know... It's like no one's making games for it though. That's the thing. Mm. Like it's not it's not just the fact that hardware is limited. No one's doing it. Therefore, no one's making the hardware for it. It's the whole catch twenty two problem that Linux has right now with gaming and has had since like the past what seven years since Linux gaming became really a thing. Yeah. Again, you know, it's got the catch twenty two problem. No one's making games and therefore no one's making the operating system or the hardware for it. So it's like a it's a death cycle. Like someone has to do one of those two things. Well, that's it'll why. Happen. That's why Proton exists. Yeah, exactly. Because people just aren't porting. Even though Linux is a perfectly viable platform, people are just not porting because you know, insert reasons. Most of them are just financial. Like there's just no money, and the reason there's no money is because there's no games for Linux people, for enough people to move over to Linux, and it's just like one of those two things had to break. And Proton is hopefully. The thing that will help break that barrier down yeah hopefully Definitely. anyway i think it is i think we're making huge progress with proton uh, oh yeah absolutely 
Wes Wesley Chalmers says, "Can you play Fortnite with me sometime?" No. No. I don't. I don't no. play online Sorry. games. It's true. He doesn't even play games. Ignore his name. He doesn't play games. <laughs> Raven, you've asked me so many times to play World of Warcraft with you, and I'm like, no. Why would no, I no, do no. that? I have asked you to play World of Warcraft with us. Okay, we are a community of Linux people who are playing World of Warcraft, and well, you should join us. I don't. First of all, I don't play Western RPGs, and I especially don't play uh, MMOs. Look, <laughs> you would probably have a lot of fun playing with us. We are having lots of fun, and I guarantee you, you would have lots of fun. Uh, you should just try it for a month and just see if you like it, man. Uh, join us. Uh, oh, you know I'm going to keep nagging you about it. I know. And I I'm mean, for two reasons. One, declining. one, because I can, and two, because it's kind of funny at this point, so it's like, why would I stop? <laughs> you know? That, and you should just play with us, because, you know, it's fun, man. Uh, you know, you get to you get to chill out with us and chat and yell at people. I mean, it's great. It's what I do. Nice. It's fine. I don't know about the yelling part, but I'm sure it can happen. Why don't you play Minecraft with me? I do play Minecraft with you. You should do it more often, man. Yeah, well, but you're you playing World of Warcraft us. instead with all your freaking internet friends. Internet friends? <laughs> Half of them came from your server. They're your damn Patreon subscribers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It is funny. Yeah. You should come play with this, you little shit. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. Actually, in fairness, World of Warcraft Classic is so different than Modern WoW that it's it's remarkable because like haven't really played it on official servers in a while and it's incredible people talking like actually talking is mind-blowing like dude even game reviewers are like this is actually a lot of fun it's like yeah because it's the whole point of an mmo is to play with other people like modern mmos are just about the single player experience and that's just weird yeah it's really weird because like most people are playing like the free-to-play mmos right so it's like whatever right like who cares but it's really weird when you see people paying like $15 a month for World of Warcraft, and then they play it by themselves. That's just weird. That is super weird. Like, what is the point? Like, you know, like you play it by yourself. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. So, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, AR, AMR, R, sorry, AMR Soul. I don't know how you say that. I think it's just a collection of letters put together. Yeah. Uh, where to find FOSS version of Minecraft, please? I've always wanted to slash cows ethically. There really is no open source version of Minecraft. I mean, there's MindTest, but that's not the same game. Right. Um, ben Clark 06, do you see a future for Linux on the phone, excluding Android? I'm using Sailfish right now, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, if the Librem 5 takes off. Yeah, I see the Librem 5 being like the the future of Linux on the phone. I honestly think it will take off. I think that, you know, when we get to, like, version 3 of the hardware and they've, like, really ironed out all the kinks and, like, made PureOS into the robust operating system that it needs to be to compete, I think you'll start seeing wide adoption of the Librem 5 platform. Because yeah. I'm an optimist. <laughs> True that. Alan Pope. Hey, look, it's Alan Pope. It's Alan Pope. Hi, Alan Pope. Love that dude. Uh, he says, what would it take for you to go 100% RMS, full bore freedom, no Steam, no to video on local computers for a significant period, say a month? What would it take for me to go 100% RMS, full bore freedom, no Steam, no NVIDIA on local computers for a significant period? 
Hmm. I mean, not a whole lot. I'm pretty close to that. The only thing that I'm using that's proprietary yeah, now games. is Steam. Yeah. I have I have a Vega 64. I'm using the open source drivers. Um, I mean, I can't think of the only thing that is like close to proprietary that I use is VS Code, but I'm using the open source fork of VS Code. So it mostly just removes all the telemetry stuff. It doesn't actually yeah. really doesn't it's not really any real big difference with that one. So Right. So it's like I can't think of anything that I'm using that's proprietary right now. Now I play games and I do rock NVIDIA GPUs because they're just better. And yeah. I don't care what anyone says about that. Because <laughs> um, they are better and the drivers are better too. Oh, yeah. Let the hate flow. Bring it. <laughs> um, but you know, honestly, I actually use my 46 probably about 60% of the day. Like 60% of my time at a computer is actually spent on my 46. And that thing is completely open. Like I just mm. use free DOS. So. Yeah. You know, I, I use that a lot. And what would it take for me to use? Like, the problem is, is like the games that I sometimes play on it are not open source, but I could not play those. Um, and there are some open source applications, but like a lot of those old applications have no RMS like issues, like because they don't spire anything. Um, and some of them you can even get the source for, but they're so old. They're all like abandonware at this point. Um, yeah. What would it take for me to use that? Like honestly nothing like i would love to just use that thing every day like just connect to an irc channel and just use that thing like i actually really enjoy it now a a more productive machine like using maybe haiku or linux um it wouldn't really like you it really wouldn't take much i would just need an actual open source gpu or gpu with open source drivers i should say um and that's pretty much it because i mean a lot of the stuff that i do is already open like outside of gaming everything i do is open so like i don't the the thing is if you're going a hundred percent rms if you're going full bore freedom then like i wouldn't be able to use this keyboard i wouldn't be able to use this mixing board i wouldn't be able to use my 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 gpu because it has binary blobs that are well you, you know, can use the open source drivers without the binary blob so. no no i'm talking about like the 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 like my laptop my, my uh keyboard here has microcode on it that's not open source my my gpu and my gpu has microcode on it that is not open source you know if you're going like my bootloader uafi is not open source so it's like if I was going 100% Richard Stallman, it would re- require a lot of money because I'd have to replace a bunch of hardware in order to be able to do it. You yeah. want my Model M or one of them? There you go. Does it what? Does it have USB on the end? Because that's the I don't have any PS2 ports on any of my computers. I have an adapter. I can give you an adapter. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm sure the Model M has firmware, but it's so archaic and ancient, like. I'm sure even RMS would be like, yeah, you know what? This is fine. Like, like, what's it going to do? Like it literally serves to function for the keyboard. Like it is such an ancient keyboard and it's nice too, man. You know, it weighs like six pounds, something like that. I did not know that. Yeah, it's heavy. Well, for a keyboard, I mean, it's not actually heavy at all, but you know what I mean? For a keyboard, I it's mean, heavy. And I actually like that. My, I like keyboards. My craft keyboard. I also hate membrane keyboards. My Logitech craft keyboard is probably a good three pounds. This thing is yeah, pretty heavy for a keyboard. Well, that's what's nice about, like, Model M's. Uh, well, a lot of that old IBM stuff, they have, like, four-pound 
plate of metal in there. Depending on which one, it's like a chunk of cobalt in there. <laughs> it's just like, sup, dude. Um, but yeah, I think that's for like the Model F or whatever. But anyway, yeah, they just have this big-ass metal plate in there. And it's nice because, I mean, you know. Yeah, like it's, it's just fantastic. Um, so yeah, what would it really take? Honestly, not much if I had the hardware. Like, that's the big thing. Like, if yeah. I had the full proper RMS hardware, it really wouldn't take much. Because, like, as far as programming and stuff goes, I just like coding, like, software renders. It's like, that's my favorite thing at the moment, and it has been for, like, the past two years. Nice. So, like, you know, if I can continue to do that, now I wouldn't be able to work, which that would be annoying. So maybe you'd have to, like, pay me for that month so I can, <laughs> you know, do it. But it's like, other than that, like, I could find a, if I could find a way to do it financially, like, and, you know, still pay bills and shit, like, yeah, I'd do it. Like, I have no issues with it. Yeah. Hell, I don't buy games anymore. Did you know I haven't bought a game on Steam since 2018? January of 2018 was the last wow. time I bought a game on Steam. Yes. Like, my Steam account actually had some features locked out of it because I haven't bought anything in so long. I bought two games recently. I bought wow. the expansions for City Skylines. And I bought another game that I, I can't remember what it, what it was. I got all those for free off Woobit, so whatever. What is that? I'll send it to you later. All right. But it's like Keymailer, except you get to pick what you want. And if you qualify for it, you just do it. And then you can pick three three games, and then you do like a review, and then it resets your three. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Woobit's pretty cool. Um... I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say the last four characters, but SPDR says, how are you? Uh, pretty great, actually. Thank you for asking. I'm, I'm decent. I'm having a good day today. Hell yeah. Uh, Joseph Robles Jr. says, hello, let's say that the two of you are recruited by, the, by NASA to be the first men on Mars and be living there for the next five years after your arrival. NASA allows you to bring one laptop. Wait, it's not the issue. Uh, honestly, probably something with a lot of horsepower because you never know what you might have to do. Um, yeah. and definitely want to bring like replaceable batteries and, uh, cables. The hardware should hold up fine. Um, uh, but you also want to let like another reason why I probably a really big laptop, like say like system six, uh, not the adder, but the Bonobo, for example, is mm. uh, you don't want it like overheating. So you'd want to bring like thermal paste and stuff and you want to do maintenance on it. Yeah. Because the hardware should last five years, but the battery might die and the hardware might die. So like you occasionally want to like open it up and put new thermal paste on it so it doesn't overheat. Because, you know, ain't nobody going to be coming for five years, which is pretty likely too, considering it's like a two year trip there and back. So it's fairly likely that at a minimum you'll be there for two years. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably go with. I, I really like the adder, to be completely honest. Um, nice. The the adder's nice. I I might bring like the um, the servile workstation, uh, or, or or what's the other like workstation laptop they have? The Bonobo. Bonobo. I don't think they have it anymore. Mm. I know they used to have it. I believe the Bonobo was the big version. Um, the servile's nice. Yeah, they don't have the Bonobo anymore. Mm. Like, I think the adder kind of replaced it, but yeah, the the servile is also nice. Uh, I, there wasn't much of a difference between the Bonobo and the Serval. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I would bring something that was that ran that came with Linux on it, you know, or I could put Linux on it and not have any issues because you don't want issues when you're in space. 
<laughs> yeah, you really don't. You I mean, really it's like don't. a two-year travel time, plus you're going to be there for five years. Yeah. Like, that's like seven years. Is it a two-year I mean, travel time? Couldn't they get yes. it down to less than that? I think they have it estimated at now at like 38 to 40 months. But yeah, at one time it was 48 months. Wow. Which is way more than two years. Yeah. Uh, maybe they have it down to 20 months now. I don't know. It's quite a hell of a travel time, but it depends on like the location of Mars, right? So like depending on when where Mars is and when you launch, you know, you got to launch at the right time. Yeah. And then it depends on the travel time. I think at the uh, longest point, it's like 48 months or something like that. Which is absolutely insane. Like, I'd end up killing you. You'd end up killing me. Like, right. you'd just go crazy. Because, like, no human's been trapped inside of a pressurized container for that long. And, yeah. you know, like, I mean, that, should even... be a, that should be an experiment they should do on Earth first. All this talk about sending people to Mars, screw that. Put people in a container for two years and see if they can survive. Like, I mean, do even that. Even submariners, like, they're like go nuts. They, they go yes. nuts. They they have like nine months at a time, where they don't. Part of that see though sunlight. is is that like you're on a sub and it's like one bathroom to like every five to ten people. So like, you know, and the air quality is pretty poor. Like there's a lot of issues with being in a submarine because it's mm. very they're very, very cramped. Mm. Yeah, uh, do you ever watch Wendover Productions? No, I don't. No, I. The, he does a lot of like stuff about like um, uh, infrastructure, and uh, he talks about like how what it costs to actually maintain uh, like airports and like doing stuff like that. But he also talks about like military stuff, like uh, life of a submariner and life aboard a, an aircraft carrier. It's fascinating, dude. Like those should be you know living on a submarine or living on a on an aircraft carrier, a lot of people that work on an aircraft carrier don't see sunlight for years at a time. Or, like, months at a time, at least. It's nuts. On an aircraft carrier, or you mean a yeah. submarine? on an aircraft carrier. Like, most of the time, people aren't allowed out, up on the actual deck of the ship because it's such a dangerous place. So, a lot of people, unless they're pilots or have something that needs to be done directly on the launch deck, ha just stay below deck. Yeah, don't they have? Uh, I forget what it's called, but they have like underneath. You know, they have those things that ex they can ex they can like open up the sides. So I guess that's the only chance to really get sunlight. Yeah, is when those things are open. Right. Which you know, depending on you know where you are and what the state of emergency is, those things might not be open. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, you know, they don't have them except for like you know on the upper lower floors below the flight deck. So you still might not have an opportunity there right yeah i know it's it's pretty wild but still it'd be better to be stuck on an aircraft carrier than a damn submarine yeah um <laughs> crash bricks three we know you like retro pcs well i do i don't know about i do oh you do yeah just not dos pcs <laughs> you know what you can go screw yourself right here <laughs> what is your favorite retro pc mine would be the cgi onyx from silicon graphics that's actually a pretty good one yeah CGI I, onyx from silicon graphics i is like neat. i like the way that looks um especially considering it has like that early version of OpenGL on yeah. it, which is like really hilarious um mine honestly i don't think i really have like an absolute favorite i kind of like almost all of them for different reasons um if we're talking about look i really like the commodore pet 
I, I don't care what anyone says. That thing looks rad, but... Uh, I don't know. I really like my 46 would probably be my favorite at the moment because it's still somewhat practical and usable. Okay. But uh, other than that, that's that's pretty much it. What about you? Uh, I have uh, the IBM Aptiva. Uh, I don't remember the model number, but it's a nice, nice little machine. Um, I also like it has like an AMD K7 processor in it. It's like four or five hundred megahertz. It's pretty cool. Um, and then, in terms of like, hold on, I'm gonna look this up now. Where are you? This is like the first computer that we ever owned, as in my family. It's not that one. It's close to that one. Where the heck is it? Come on. This is only going to be useful to the people actually watching uh, the video version on YouTube. Ah, here it is, right here. Yeah, the 4450, the HP Pavilion 4450. That is like a computer that I have a lot of nostalgia for. Um, I'll send this to you, Raven. <laughs> Good, because I didn't know what you were talking about. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. I know, right? It's uh, that's the. Uh, that's I the had a machine computer. similar to that, it had a, a newer Celeron. I gave it to my brother when he was like 14 or 13, something like that. And it had like, I think I put like 128 megabytes of RAM in it and it had like an 11 megabyte built in graphics card. Yeah. Some kind of, right. and it was, it was a little beefier than that one. Cause it was probably like a year or two newer, but it really wasn't that impressive. Still blows my mind to this day that it supported 11 megabytes of RAM, yeah. not 12, 11. <laughs> like, like what the hell HP, but that was back when integrated graphics cards were a little, um, yeah interesting yeah this machine was the first machine i realized so well this was the first machine that my dad ever bought the family right like nice. we had we had a a uh it was a much it was a windows 3.1 version it had windows 3.1 on it and he got it from his friend and he kept it at my aunt's house because he didn't want the kids to use it so and then eventually he brought that to the house and I played Roger Wilco, uh, Space Quest Six on it. Uh, mm, that was Space super Quest fun. is great. Yeah, but this dude, was, DOS had some great games, man. Like seriously, some amazing games. Yeah, that we'll never see ever again because we just won't. Yeah. No one will ever make great games like that. Probably for a while. Like you ever played Police Quest? Uh, I did, but Police Quest wasn't my jam. I liked, I liked. Well, Space newer Quest. versions of Police Quest are like, especially like Police Quest are, is uh, pretty rad. Yeah, this. That's about when it kind of goes downhill from there, because <clears throat> like later ones are kind of like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Police Quest SWAT is just what the hell were they thinking? Yeah. This Ugh. this machine though, I have such nostalgia for because it was the first machine I ever like installed Winamp on. It's the first machine <laughs> I ever used Napster on. Uh, I loved this thing. Oh, and I I remember Winamp. Yeah, I remember that Winamp. It really whips the llama's ass. <laughs> the uh, and the best part about this was this was the first machine that my dad had Cool Edit Pro on. My dad was a DJ, a radio DJ, 
And so he brought home Cool Edit Pro, which was audio editing software. And the monitor that came with this had a built-in microphone that was half decent quality. So uh, me and my friends would record podcasts before we even knew what podcasts were. And I would edit them in Cool Edit Pro. So nice. I, I have a lot of nostalgia for this specific uh, machine. Yeah. Good question. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Cookie Eater asks, how long do you think for Wine to be stable? I mean, Windows native like compatibility, stability, and performance. I mean, it's kind of already there yeah. for the most part. The biggest crux is probably still .NET applications. Um, but, I mean, like, I don't really know... I mean, you can pretty much run everything from, like, the most common stuff. It's usually, like, older and obscure stuff that's broken. Like, for some reason, DirectX 8 is really broken in one. So, like, The Sims doesn't work very well. Neither does, like, certain other uh, DirectX 8 games. Some will work, like Morrowind, but, like, others won't. So it's very weird. Mm. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, will they eventually get around to fixing it? Yeah, probably. But considering Code Weavers and the whole Wine team is like very focused thanks to Valve's Proton, um, it'll be a while. But it is like rapidly advancing, so there is that. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I I think like the biggest hurdle that they face is like the undocumented uh, features of Windows, or yep. or like the um. Uh, there's like the weird use cases like the edge cases for some of the shared libraries and windows like yeah and that's kind of the problem with like directx 8 7 and all that and why some of them just don't work well is because yeah. they're like weird especially when you get older because like early versions of directx were like a wrapper around OpenGL, and then they made their own thing and yeah but even like games like um the sims like the original sims like which was like what you could not play the original sims in wine and yet we well you could if you go back to a far enough old version of wine yeah like really old versions from like 2006 2007 can actually play the sims really yeah but that how old are those versions like good luck getting that shit to compile yeah that's why you have to use like lotris and people who have like those wrappers for it that you know convert it yeah well that's different that's what i was gonna say it's like you you can now do that um, thanks yeah. to the hard work of the community and like the growing support of uh, wh- what is that project called? The it's like DXVK, but it's for old versions. Really of old versions. DirectX. I don't remember what that project is called, but yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like it used to work. Actually, apparently, um, newer versions of Wine Staging actually fix it. It actually works now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but like you can go to like really old versions. And we're talking, like, really old versions, like, near, like, 1.0 and stuff, maybe even older. Hmm. Sims actually did work on there. I'm not saying it worked very well, because it didn't. Yeah. But it would at least start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wine 4.6 staging shows it working out of the box now. So, see, maybe they finally got around to fixing it. That's awesome. I mean, the, the, like, the, that's the power of open source. It's like, if you're patient enough, everything's just going to continue getting better and you're gonna something that you have found a challenge before is going to just simply work one day and i love that part of the problem is is one the drm uh for the sims and the other part of the problem is um 
the fact that it's like a DirectX 8 software renderer, it just doesn't help <laughs> at all. Like the Sims, the Sims rendering engine is by far one of the weirdest quirks that Maxis has probably ever made. Yeah. And we're talking about like the original Sims here, like not, you know, like the Sims 2 or anything, but like the original Sims, it is just such a quirk. Yeah. Um, but it, it does work. It works beautifully too. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of my opinion on it. It's kind of there depending on what you want to do. As far as being like 100%, I don't think it'll ever actually achieve that because Windows is also evolving at the same time. So it'll always be playing catch up. Yeah. Um, I have one question from Mastodon here. Okay. Uh, Heinrich asks, should pineapple on pizza be considered a hate crime? Nope. I actually I, like pineapple on pizza. I love pineapple on pizza. So yeah, Not all the time, though. It's the it's the sweetness of the pineapple with like the bacon and ham, dude. That really oh, yeah. like just gives it that nice kick. Oh yeah, I also put bacon on it. Yeah, no, it has ham on it, but you know, bacon has to be on a pizza. You don't put bacon on a pizza; you're just a heathen. I completely agree. I absolutely love it. Bacon on pizza. <laughs> well, my friend, we've been recording for quite a while now, actually. Yeah, we have. You for thought such this a, was going to be a short was episode? It's going to be short. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Um, we got burned again by that. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy that we have the show on YouTube now, by the way. If you haven't subscribed, go over there to, to YouTube.com and then look up the Linux... Or, yeah, not the Linux Gamer. The Off-Topical Podcast. That's what I'm t- trying to say. Um, it's it's cool. It's exciting. It's, you know, the, the, sh- the, the subscriber base has been growing over there. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Raven, thank you for being here, my friend. My pleasure. I'm uh, I'm happy that uh, I actually woke up early enough to get the show done today. Yeah, me me too, man. <laughs> me too. It's good that you got up early. <laughs> Maybe we'll do this every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really that busy Friday mornings, but Friday evenings is like, God, it's such a hit of mess. Yeah. But uh, this has been the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and uh, let's do this again soon. <laughs>